Demons Discuss, TV show review, season two, episode seven. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello, ladies. Hi, everyone. Hello. What are we talking about today, Jean? We are talking about episode seven, which is takes us to Prague. Well, not Prague, but Bohemia. Bohemia. So we meet Emperor Rudolph. Mm. And the Falcons and a couple other people. It gets um, interesting to say the least. Very interesting. <laughs> it's a good way to put that. <laughs> interesting in air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> So for those of you who have followed us for a while, you realize that uh, in Shadow of Night, Prague was not our favorite group of chapters. At least we're blessed that we only have the episode to deal with versus a group of chapters, Emperor Rudolph. We're not fans. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And as Jean said, it was kind of a letdown after Philippe. Yeah. It's an automatic sag in the middle. Yeah. But we're going to power through this. Yes, we will. There's still things to love. There is interesting things laced through this. And one of them is, I think they filmed some of this in the area around, what is it, Mount Solis, the castle that they used for oh, in Italy? tour mm-hmm. in Italy. Oh, yeah. okay. Because yeah. some of the village scenes and the winding roads look familiar. Well, that makes it a little more interesting. Yeah. All right. We're not trying to bring you down, no, audience. No, no, no. There's things, there's things to love. I think it's just a Philippe hangover. That's all. Yes, yes. that's what it is. Don't okay. feel bad if you have a Philippe hangover because we all do. Oh, gosh. <laughs> all right. <sighs> so. Well, this podcast is sponsored by our patrons. The show is ad-free because of them. So no need for us to read copy badly and sell you things we barely believe in, like toothbrushes and food kits and mattresses and underwears that don't pinch you in the wrong places. <laughs> Although I might be interested in that. <laughs> as a purchaser, not as a purveyor. Yes, exactly. Don't want to push that on you guys. You guys know no. where to find that stuff. So thank you, patrons. Angela, it's your turn to entice our other listeners. Why is Patreon a good idea? It's a good idea. There's six membership levels, but starting at the coven level, which is $2 a month, you will get our off show. You'll automatically be entered into our quarterly drawing. You can win a prize of Valerie's choosing. And I I should say prize. I should say prizes. Prize. Okay. Prizes. <laughs> yes. But along with your membership levels, you get swag. You get stickers and buttons and totes and whatever else Valerie dreams up. And sometimes now, lately especially, you are giving them outtakes and you're doing posts. It's a special Patreon community that you can belong to. Sneak peeks. And if you're a Patreon, you're getting little sneak peeks of scenes of episodes to come. Because, you know, we like to share our sneak peeks with our most prized listeners who are our patrons who keep us standing. And the rest of you listeners are important, too. Don't get us wrong. But join in and you can get the sneak peeks and the outtakes and all the other things. And when I say the after show is all the other things, I mean it's all the other things. (laughs) So many other things. Whoa. (laughs) So, if you're interested, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Drum roll, please. We are going to talk about our random patron sponsor today. 
That is a cute drum roll. <laughs> we're going to insert I thought we kids were gonna... drum roll. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, should I do it? I'll just do it real lightly. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. Our random patron sponsor today is Kristen Shuck. Thank you, Kristen. Thank, Thank you. Kristen. Hey, guys. Val here with an editor's note. We forgot to do the disclaimer, so I'm going to do that for you right quick. In the first part of this episode, we are going to attempt to only focus on what is presented to us on screen. We will not be discussing the books if we can help it. Wait, what? We won't be discussing the books? Oh, yes, we are. But later in the episode, we will enter the spoiler zone. And then we will discuss the compare and contrast between the book and the TV show which will give listeners the option when we sound our alarm saying we're entering the spoiler zone to opt out, stop the podcast episode, and join with us next week. Hey, and if you don't mind, we don't mind. If you don't care about spoilers, it doesn't matter. You haven't read the books, but still you want to hear what we have to say. Keep listening. Also, for those of you veterans who have read the books and can't wait to hear what we have to say, keep listening. Anyway, that was our disclaimer. Disclaimer is done. Now I am ducking out and I think we should be starting the engine real soon. Okay, Val out. All right. So here we go. Let's start the engine, guys. <laughs> You're so, so trepidatious. Do we need, does someone need to get out and push us to get us started? Yeah, or? I think so. Uh, do we need a jump start today? <laughs> it's kind of cold out. I don't know. <laughs> oh, there it goes. We're starting. And we're off to Bohemia. Gallop, 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 gallop on the yep. horse. There's a cavalry of horses. They're headed up to a castle that turns out to be Rudolph's hunting lodge, a rather elaborate hunting lodge, apparently. And Diana's hairstyle has changed to like fit the scenery. She looks a little bit bohemian. Yeah, that's true. Up, do you have braids? Yeah, she looks nice. Very pleasant there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're met by three men on horses, and the main guy is like, well, the emperor tires of Elizabeth's ambassadors. So Matthew sets them straight. He's no mere ambassador. Um, I guess that's enough because they're granted entrance. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> now you undersold this whole scene because the dick swing was just delightful on the part oh, of Oh, tell us Matthew about it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> just like, mm, yeah, no, I'm not taking this from no lackeys. <laughs> and it just escalates from there. Oh, my he, God. He is in a mood. Well, I am, too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're granted a brief audience with Rudolph. So we meet Rudolph. Yay. Oh, can I point out one other thing about this whole little scene when they walk through the reception hall and, and everything? Didn't that portrait remind you of that bad restoration of the uh, Christ painting? That that lady. <laughs> she tried. You know, know what? I kind of love it in its new form now. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying that portrait of Rudolph reminded me. Of yeah, it was like kind of this round head, and it was shaggy. Uh, oh lord so matthew introduces himself as matthew royden rudolph says i know who you are matthew de claremont 
Oh, okay. He knows that he's Elizabeth's spy. And his micropenis swinging is not nearly as good. He's got small man issues. <laughs> yeah. He also knows that he's a vampire mm-hmm. and things aren't getting better. Why is he just blurting this all out is what I don't understand. It's like, Elizabeth knows all this too. It's like, are we supposed to be surprised he knows? Maybe he thought he'd be embarrassed in front of all these people. I don't know. I know you're a vampire. Ooh, intrigue. You know? <laughs> Look at me. I'm so cool. I've got insider information. Or just for the audience's sake. Yeah. We know that he knows. Yeah. Yeah. Things aren't getting better and Diana decides to step in to make it Mm, even worse. Worse. (laughs) Let's put in a clip and see what she says here. I apologize, Your Majesty. Last year was only pressing my case. I'd hoped I'd be given an opportunity for discourse with one of England's most esteemed alchemists. You have an interest in alchemy? It has been my life's work. Might an emperor ask your name? Diana, your majesty. Ladiosa della casa. The goddess of the hunt. May I introduce my wife, your majesty? He winds up naming her Ladiosa and the goddess of the hunt, Ladiosa Alacasa, the goddess of the hunt. We can tell Rudolph is besotted already. I can tell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So now we head into the intro, which kind of cheers me up a little bit. It does. It does. Because we get, we get all the other things and, and it, it's kind of like a palate cleanser from the clumsy flirting and the... Yeah. Yeah. Overall, and now, like, now at this point, it's serving like as a scrapbook. Like, oh, there's... Diana's being like Matthew in this episode, and that's just like the opening valley of the, you've got a really dumb plan, you really just should abandon it and do something else. Yeah, and it's too late. We know we're on for the ride, so here we go. I know, here <laughs> you we know. go. Bye-bye, uh, kaleidoscopic Pamela's introduction. Mm-hmm. We'll see yeah. you later. Here we go into the crazy. So they head back outside after the Rudolph encounter, and Matthew doesn't like the way Rudolph looks at her, basically. Rudolph wants to add her to his collection. He's not wrong. He's not wrong, no. And Diana says, I can handle his clumsy flirting. Um, I don't think you can, but okay. Nope. As long as it gets us the book. And she's fierce here. This is a little bit more than getting a free drink out of a bartender. Exactly. And that's how she's using it. <laughs> I'm, exa- I'm like, oh, and this is not going to end well, because I've seen this before, and it doesn't even get you the free drink half the time. <laughs> no. Enter Galglass. Uh, he's made the blunt observation that they're properly mated now. Thanks, Galglass. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You've mated? Huh. I should call you Auntie now. And he looks a little bit like, oh, you're mated. <laughs> I mean, yeah. His face was like that. And Diana looked at him like, whoa, what's wrong with what? Well, and after that really overly weird, effusive greeting, like, lady, you've met him like twice before. Right. <laughs> oh, so. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Galgas, I've missed you so much. Yeah. Let's okay. remember to talk about this in the spoiler zone because I have a question for you guys on. Okay. Okay. This greeting and Gallo Glass's reaction. I'm going to write it down so we don't forget Gallo Glass's greeting. Okay. All right. Apparently, this whole mating thing gives him permission to call her auntie. And like I said, he looked a little disgusted and Diana looked confused. Matthew says, where's Pierre? Right. (laughs) We're all saying, where's (laughs) Pierre? Pierre? We love Pierre. Exactly. Uh, Gallo Glass is like, uh, he's at the lodgings with an unexpected guest. 
Oh, <laughs> oh this is not going to end well. It never no. does. Uh, so the unexpected guest turns out to be Jack. Pierre and <laughs> Francoise are looking rather sheepish like, oh, fuck. Here we, we got go. Pl- oh, fuck. Here we go. We got played by a kid and now we're going to get yelled at. <laughs> yeah. I was offended. I'm like, don't yell at her. I don't know. I get it, though. No, yeah. I, I was offended. He was like a little bit too much there. It's like, wasn't Galaglass supposed to be in charge of this whole operation? He should have <laughs> <laughs> I kind of fucked it all up. Yeah. Anyway, so Pierre ushers Jack to bed and Francoise is like, dude, I know, but you left and the boy was a wreck. Those janky photos didn't work. They made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> he was having nightmares about those goddamn miniatures. <laughs> and he escaped and he tried to come on his own. What were we supposed to do? And Matthew just, uh, he shows his ass a bit. Yeah. But understandably, as we said i mean it's not safe from bohemia either for well, him and he's like you know what i can fuck all this up on my own i don't need you people fucking it <laughs> right, <or two."> right. <laughs> i mean this is probably i don't know is it spoiler zone stuff like why do they even write jack to come because uh, they br- well it is spoilers okay because i thought they brought is. the whole household okay. yeah okay new scene so. new scene okay mm-hmm. i like the scene i think this was a scene where matthew fell out of the chair <laughs> Because they were talking about his pants being slippery, and there were some, a couple of times where he like literally fell out of the chair when they were filming. Oh, yeah, that's oh. right. Because <laughs> he's all like leaned back and being all lotion shit and looking really nice. And I'm like going, he probably fell out of the chair. <laughs> so Matthew and Diana are discussing Kelly's whereabouts. So let's listen to that. He'll be here somewhere. What about the book? As long as we can reach Kelly, he'll lead us to it. Or he'll bring it to us. Rudolph thinks the book is key to creating the Philosopher's Stone. He won't let Kelly take it. Ah, you're right there. They say once the Emperor sets his heart on something, he'll stop at nothing to get it. Okay. Can I say something about this? Go ahead. And and I apologize to our listeners because I'm going to be crude about it. Because it's like, she's carrying on like she's got a magic pussy. <laughs> I'm going to fix everything because I'm the pretty girl. Yeah. I mean, if I had her power, I'd be like, yeah, maybe I do have a magic pussy. <laughs> Not having had one myself, I find, I, I find myself offended by that. <laughs> you know, like, Wait a minute. Oh, God. Uh- <laughs> But I mean, in it once again, it's the whole. You're not get, trying to get free drinks here, girl. You're just digging yourself in deeper, and you're pissing off your husband. What are you thinking? She's not. She's thinking singularly. Yeah, and I think that's part of it too. Is it's magic enough that it's going to keep Matthew in line? Uh, uh-uh. uh, barely. Yeah. <laughs> if it does, yeah, he's going to growl. He's going to growl a lot, I guess. So uh, they receive a gift. Well, Diana, more properly, receives a gift of an automaton. Goddess of the Hunt is arrived. Mm-hmm. And it's running across the table. Matthew's and not looking she's happy. <laughs> and she's Jack, cold. Jack did wasn't there to notice it though, but she was cold. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna put a spoiler zone throwdown on you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Sorry. <laughs> um, yellow yellow card. Yes, you're on the yellow card now. <laughs> So, new scene. Diana's getting ready for bed. Matthew's concerned about Rudolph's hostility. Diana's like, yeah, I see how hostile he is towards you, but he's treating me good, though. Hmm. 
Am I wrong? I am not wrong here. No, no. Um, He likes me. It's because of my alchemy. No, he likes you because you've got... We're all like, sure. Breastfeeding boobs, honey. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's not because you're alchemy. Um, No. Diana's trying to convince Matthew to let her try with the Edinburgh. Let her try to cajole the book out of him. And she'll take Galaglass, so that's better, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> so Matthew, I mean, beyond all every every instinct is screaming him not to, but he lets her go off with gallo glass. So off she goes. I mean he doesn't have an alternate plan, so no, no, no. no. I think he's occupied with trying to find Kelly. Yes. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're doing with Matthew and Pierre. They're hunting. Pierre's trying to reassure Matthew that Diana will be all right. Matthew doesn't seem to be convinced. I'm not either. They kind (laughs) of need like a show themselves. Just Matthew and Pierre, kind of like MacGyver. The Matthew and Pierre show. (laughs) Yes. I kind of like them together. I like Pierre. He needs more lines. I know. He does. So Although sad. he makes the most of his placement because he, he has a lot of great reaction shots because I'm, I'm still waiting for the eye roll. I know he's got to do It's okay that you're not French, Pierre. We pretend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they're about to hunt down Kelly. And then we're back to Diana and Galaglass. Galaglass is surprised that Matthew has d- allowed Diana to approach the emperor alone. Diana's like, hey, it's been 400 years. Matthew's changed. And Galaglass is skeptical. <laughs> Best. As we all are. Galaglass is all of us in this moment. His, the skepticism is dripping off of the screen for real. He reminds her that they're mated. And that's different because the blood rage is harder to control. It's primal and physical. And if provoked, Matthew's going to have a hard time controlling himself. I mean, we've seen it in action. Oh, yeah. And then the door opens, so they're saved by the door, and Mm -hmm. the line proceeds slowly. So that convo gets stopped, and Galglass takes off to accelerate proceedings, quote-unquote. Yeah, it's Mm. like the Tudor version of Studio 54 standing online. Yeah, with a velvet rope. Yep. So... Enter this other guy who knows her by name, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. He's a vampire because he says such a recent blood vow is positively deafening. And that's for the spoiler zone, too. But for now, we know he's a vampire. And his occupation is a collector for the emperor. Which is really ominous in and of itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And Diana's like, friend or foe, dude. (laughs) What's up? Benjamin says, I am beneath their interests. He's cast out of his own clan. I mean... Best part was, I prefer the company of other creatures. Ooh, what do you mean, Benjamin? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Fuchs? Yeah. Uh, so Matthew and Pierre go hunting. It's Edward Kelly season. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Here we wind up talking to this guy. Who was this guy anyway? Uh, he was the apothecary. Ah, uh, okay. He was the, the the concierge apothecary by appointment only. Right. You can and only, he goes off you... in German, I think. Is that yeah. what? Yeah. So they have a little convo and then he takes off. He goes off on his own way. And he didn't even think anything of it because Matthew, after he left, Matthew said, fuck it, I'm pretty in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, Matthew and Pierre need to have their own little spin-off. <laughs> so meanwhile, back at Rudolph, uh, Glass makes matters worse. <laughs> yeah. So the line that's sent out here essentially is all of the people that are waiting in line are just sent off. You know, you don't have to go home. <laughs> you can't stay here. Yeah, can't stay here. All that's in effect. 
Galgus runs down and is like, hey, dude, come on, let's go see the Emperor. And Diana's like, wait, what? And Galgus like, well, like, she like, got backstage. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure that's a good thing. Yeah. And Galgus is like, yeah, I totally lied and told this chambermaid I, you know, I flirted with that we had a painting for sale. No, he didn't say it like that, but that's how I went in my head. I yeah, totally. That's how I heard it in my head, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, baby, you got a painting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so now we're in the chambers with Rudolph. Diana presents the book that Kelly swapped for Ashmole 782, but Rudolph ain't having it. And the interesting thing was, is that the painting that they didn't have was a Hieronymus Bosch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about more in the spoiler zone, too. But Diana smooths it over and Rudolph sends for Rabbi Lowe and Rudolph inquires if she's interested in the rare and uncanny arts. To me, I was wondering if... Is this him asking if she's a witch? Because he could have just asked that. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, what did you guys think about this so far? I mean, when he's he calls for Rabbi Lowe, right? Well, before oh. that, even I don't even know how she smoothed it over. That was just so abrupt because yeah. he's, he's very impetuous. So it's like he, she just lied to him. That would be a deal breaker with many monarchs. Well, I would yeah. think. Yeah. And then and her answer was was so kiss assy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like so transparently kiss assy. He's the kind of guy who gets set off if he realizes you're trying to manipulate him. And it's like she didn't even manipulate him that well. Right. It's almost to your point in another episode, Valerie, where you're like, do they glamour other other individuals somehow that I'm not seeing? Yeah. It's like, did you kind of hypnotize him? I don't know. Was Maybe that... he was just like boobies. <laughs> That'll, that's that does it. it. Yeah. So now we're back with Matthew and Pierre. They're sniffing Kelly out and they think he's been posing as another guy named Tobor? Talbot. Tobor? Talbot. Talbot. Is yeah. It? Oh. Which I think Talbot was also a name that was associated with Kelly in the historical ah, record. So Talbot. See, why did I think they were saying something different? I don't know. Because sometimes the soundtrack sounds muddled. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. So back with Diana and we're introduced with Rabbi Lowe. What did you guys think? It was bad juju all the way around. Yeah, I didn't feel happy. No. It was, yeah, it was Everyone's very, Everyone's sad and like they're against their will. Yeah. Scare, you know, and the speech with Rabbi Lowe boils down to I'm no magic Jew. I'm like, oh, this is going to go really dark really fast. So Gal Glass and Diana are now escorted to Rudolph's collection. Rudolph shows Diana the unicorn horn thing and Diana's like, that's incredible. And Rabbi Lowe's like, entirely incredible. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The verbal eye rolls are just the best in this part. And, and as an aside to our listeners, the magic unicorn horn actually was narwhal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's your bad medicine trivia for the day. <laughs> the thing I th- took away from the way Lowe's tonation was, it was like, yeah, Rudolph's a sucker. Someone told him it was a unicorn. It's not. Yeah. That's not. That's not. And then the root yeah. of Eppendorf. Which yeah. I think there's a story with Baldwin we connected with that as well. I think he may have liberated it at some point in time. I mean, I do like that they are showing his collector side because he's he collects things and he collects purportedly ma- magical things. But yeah, he collects people and you're lured there to, as a guest and then you're a guest until you're not. Yes. <laughs> like you become Angela. a shackled resident. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So Lowe tells Rudolph after he asks about the clay person mm-hmm. with Gollum. the spell on the tongue. Lowe's like, yeah, that's a rumor. Hmm. Yeah, I'm like, is it? <laughs> but is it though? Hmm. So Matthew and Pierre track Kelly down. He's being escorted by guards. Mm-hmm. And we find out they're not his guards. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just guards. They're, they're guards guarding him. 
But they talk about the book. Kelly thinks that the book is here and he's going nuts, you know, and the guard is dragging him away and Kelly's going off like, whoa. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, Matthew escorts Diana to Rabbi Lowe's place. Lowe comments that a witch and a vampire and a Jew meet in secret. Ooh, it's it sounds like a start of a joke. It does. <laughs> yeah, but it was so, so not a joke. But the funny thing I thought about all this, too, is like he knows exactly who Matthew is and who what mm-hmm. his lineage is. And it doesn't even really occur to Diana. It's like, wait a minute. The rabbi knows my husband. How? Yeah. We just no. sort of like went on down the road and didn't even address that. No. I mean, maybe Diana's like, yeah, Matthew knows lots of people. No big Let's deal. put a pin in this and talk about this in the spoilers. Yeah. I was going to say, is it, is it even material for the TV show? Yeah. We just know it'll send Christian tongues wagging for miles around. And yeah, this meeting's a little bit weird. The yellow circle combo, all of it. Yeah, let's let's spoiler zone it. But I mean, the yellow circle. And if you didn't know, now you know it was a marker for Jews. So, mm-hmm. you know, like Diana the yellow make- star in World War Two. Yeah. So it was just letting everybody know that you're a Jew if you had this yellow circle. So this has been going on for years. So Matthew breaks it down to Rabbi Lowe. We're looking for a book. And Lowe says, hey, I can't read it. But and then Diana's kind of implying, well, why wouldn't you tell him that? And then Lowe says to disappoint the emperor is dangerous. To refuse him is deadly. So it's kind of a warning shot to Diana. Be careful what the fuck you're playing with here. There's no win. Yeah, no. Now we're back at the house. Jack is playing a game, but he stops to let them know that there's a letter. It's a summons to go hunting. But they kind of bust into a fight here. (laughs) I mean, it's bad. Uh, So let's eavesdrop on that fight. This has gone too far. Kelly won't bring us the book. We need to go through Rudolph. He let Rabbi Lowe read it. And when the rabbi fails, Rudolph will imprison him like Kelly or worse. I can read it. All I have to do is convince Rudolph to let me try. And what then? He won't give up the book. He will lock you away with it, his new curiosity. You just don't like the way he is around me. You have to trust me. This is not a matter of trust. Then let me try. And then Galglass offers a solution after you guys go hunting and I'll steal the book. Simple, right? Let's do this. (laughs) And Rudolph in the hunt. So this is where we are. What did you guys think of the hunt? And the combo that went on with it. The, the conversation I thought was like very fun, only because there was a lot of overcompensation and bitchiness going on. Right. I mean, he didn't want Matthew there at all. He no. just invited Diana. But I didn't know that he could just show up and say, well, I invited myself because I love to hunt. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, I know he's Matthew Royden and Matthew de Claremont, but he's taking a lot of latitude, pushing his luck a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that was more weird. than I would have expected because he is pretty canny about a lot of things, even though we joke about him, like not thinking things ahead and having a plan right he still manages to be a spy and they're kind of making him out to be like the worst spy ever in the show (laughs) (laughs) he's bad at it okay so am i wrong in thinking that i mean my impression was from watching this show that rudolph figured it was okay as long as he gives matthew the inferior bird Mm -hmm. or what he thinks is the inferior bird right but matthew verbally battles him he's like oh yeah a warrior okay I mean, he's fucking with his brain. We get a good portion of the story behind the name, Sarkis.
America's name, and which actually is a legend in real life. People, if you want to go look up the Bohemian Maids War, you'll learn all about Sarka. And it's actually a lot funnier than the story that Matthew told. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes for that because I think I have it linked on when we did that chapter. So meanwhile, is Galagos is breaking into, it looks like a cellar type of place. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks to be a lab of sorts once he gets down there. He's looking around or we're following him. He's picking up jars and shaking them. And that's not a book like thing. Yeah he's, yeah. he's like, what's this? OK. And then he opens this thing and he found something and he looks horrified. And we're like, is that the book? But yeah. mm, he pockets it and makes his way out. And we're back to the hunt. And Diana is asking about Rabbi Lowe. And uh, Rudolph is like, don't ask about Lowe. And I'm thinking, oh, he probably disappointed him. Oops. Oh, and I'm also thinking, Diana, why are you, you are exposing other people to danger and possibly death. Would you shut up? Yeah, no, she wasn't even thinking. No. <sighs> Meanwhile, the hunt is still going and Matthew hasn't released the bird yet. And Rudolph's like, oh, are you scared, dude? Why don't you release your bird? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So he releases the bird and then Matthew's bird breaks. <laughs> Rudolph's bro, you broke my bird. <laughs> yeah. I have some questions about this that I still need to research because it, it shot my eyebrow up. Really? Yeah. Because I'm like, mm, I don't know. Falconry birds generally don't attack each other. No, they go after the same kill. But no, yes. I guess I guess Matthew whispered in the bird's ear and said, kill that pretty white bird. Or- <laughs> yeah. And I'm, also wonder- I'm also wondering how the folks that had the trained falcons that came out for that scene managed to agree to that. Yeah. Whatever they're paying us. <laughs> I know. No birds are really getting hurt. Yeah. Matthew's bird broke Rudolph's bird, according to Rudolph, and Rudolph is pissed. Whoops. Super pissed. Um, I guess they leave out of there because back of the house, Galglass reveals that Rudolph has bits of creatures in the house. He shows us a hand. It's belonged to a witch. And he's got lots of stuff like that down there. Yeah. I'm like, oh, demon brains and fire teeth and stuff. Yeah. 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 Oh, then there's a name for the the light. The hand on fire is used in voodoo, isn't it? That man's hand. Something like that. Not not as of late, but in the old days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that that's something. Yeah. There's um, a name for it. There's a big fight, guys. <laughs> Huge fight. I mean, they fought before, but this is a big fight. It's so big a fight that Gal glass is like Fitzio, y'all. I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> Honeymoon is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ain't staying around for this. Matthew, in his anger, is explaining his blood rage mm-hmm. and telling her how destructive he is. And she's like, we could fix this, you know? And he's like, nope, I'm out of here, Fitzio. And Diana's like, uh, we're not done talking. It reminded me of Kamala Harris. I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So she throws some flames his way. It hits the door and he ain't going nowhere. There we go. No. Through the blood of kings and queens and emperors, I would start nothing to prevent that from happening to you. Matthew. We're still talking. It's me, girl! You are not defined by the worst things you've done. You're my husband. And the most brilliant man I know. You are kind. 
come back to me. You are Matthew de Clermont, and stronger than this. He could probably walk through it, though. He'd heal. It'd be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he's kind of stopped there, and uh, she talks him down from the tree. You know, you're not this person. You're Matthew de Claremont. You're smart. You're good enough. You're smart smart and pretty, and you're good enough. It was very um, Stuart And gosh darn it, people like you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With less inflection. Next day, they've apparently worked it out because she's sitting on his lap, right? Yeah, I know. Although I have to say, I liked him on the edge of Feral in this scene. He did really well. He did excellent. Oh, yes, outstanding. And I have to say, Diana fights pretty good. Teresa Palmer, mm-hmm. she's a good fighter. I mean, where it's like when she yells at him, she seems really pissed. Yes, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. still... Slams the table or. Yeah. So they've worked it out and Gal Glass informs that Rudolph sends his apologies. I was just kidding, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that would make me suspicious right there. Yes, right, exactly. And invites them to a party. Yay! Mm-hmm. Either sus- either not- suspicious or just underscoring how unstable he is. Yeah, He's I'd be mess. both. Yeah, yeah. So Rudolph introduces Lowe, Rabbi Lowe, and you'd think it was like, oh, let me introduce you all to Rabbi Lowe. But meanwhile, he's like, uh, yeah, he's a low talent Jew. And he dismisses him. Oh, there was a lot of anti-Semitic grossness in the scene that just kind of made my flesh crawl. Yeah, it was gross. And then Rudolph goes on to chastise Diana. Why should I give a spy and a charlatan this book? And Diana animates the snake on Rudolph's glass and says, I am no charlatan. And I'm thinking, Rudolph is going to be like, oh, poison tongue of the serpent. It's like, but and she looked pissed. <laughs> well, do you know what was, I love how she like handed again, once again, she just hands off the snake, and this time it was to Gallo Glass, and he's like, what do I do with it? And what am I supposed to do? Put, this? It in, put it in a lamp or a jar or something. Like, <laughs> I'll just put it in here. Matthew had the exact same look as in Mary Sydney's lab too. Like, like oh <laughs> shit, yeah. not this again. <laughs> when they yeah. pan to his face, Matthew's like, no, oh shit. <laughs> She's showing magic. We got to get the fuck out. His expression said it all. Galglass, too. He looked a little horrified. Like, what do we do now? And then Rudolph changes his tone. He's like, you're magnificent. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> this is not okay. good. I was like, oh, this is not I, good. Yeah, well, yeah, you weren't expecting Rudolph to be so gleeful about it, but then it's still a feeling of uneasiness. Yeah, yeah. it's like the, the avarice in his eyes were, was just yes. like, oh, oh shit. Oh shit, here she we go. Her, here we go, strap in. She overplayed her hand. And Diana ain't playing because she just like looks at him and she's like, show me the book. I mean, it wasn't even flirting. It was yeah. show me the book. And Rudolph's like, yeah, whatever you want. Sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, her demand is perfect for the trap he's laying. Yeah. He takes him down to see Kelly. Kelly's hanging on for dear life. But Diana, you know, he's like, no, it's my book. (laughs) But Diana is, she magically snatches it out from his hands and opens it up and it reveals itself. And Rudolph's like, okay, you guys can have Kelly because I'm keeping her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, he was like, and that's all it took. Battle between the guards and Kelly. Glass and Matthew begins. Kelly, meantime, is tearing the book apart. I mean, no one's watching him. Diana winds up punching him. 
Yeah. Oh, do, I mean, about the whole thing with the book. That yeah, let's talk about what you saw. What did the you see? The animation was spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of fell to the floor and everything kind of grew out of the book. And, the, uh, and we got sh- glimpses of all the important pages. That's what I thought was yes. so cool. Yes, yes, yes. It was yes. kind of like a hologram, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. It was beautiful. That was yeah. nice. We got, what, the Arbor Diane, the yeah. alchemical wedding. Yes. yes. The, did we get the alchemical child, too? I didn't Probably see that. Probably in there yeah. somewhere. I would think yeah. so. There was like yeah. four or five altogether, but the one that really struck me was the alchemical wedding because it looked so much like the Splendor Solis. Yeah, yeah. With it was very uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark to me. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. No, I'm not saying that a bad way. I'm just saying that I was expecting something sinister to happen, and I guess it did with yeah. them seizing Diana. Yeah, Rudolph's like, yeah, I'm totally keeping this one. <laughs> this is this is going to be the best thing for my collection yet. This is so good. So, yeah, I mean, fights happen, and it's just mayhem. And nobody's watching Kelly, and yeah. Kelly's tearing it apart, and Diana catches him, and she punches him. She, there's no magic involved. She just flat-out punches him in the face. Yep. And, you know, the great escape. Francois standing by with Jack, two miles up. Galglass is mounting the horse. Matthew is sensing the essence of the book and is like, ew. So much <laughs> this, Yeah, this is like creature skin and blood and threads her hair is like this is a book of death diana she don't care i found it interesting that she didn't pick up on it no No. yeah you would think and off they go because gal glass is like let's go yeah it's time to fitzio on out of here and then we end with edward muttering and the guard is like i don't care about your book Meanwhile, here mm. comes this vampire, oh. and it's Benjamin, and he says, I care, about, I your care about your book. Oh, and that's where we end. Man, and he looks so menacing. Jacob did a mm-hmm. fantastic job. Fantastic. Oh. He is well cast. Yep. Oh, we skipped the end of it when we slipped to present day. We was that part of the episode, or was yep. that part no, of the that previews? that was part of the episode. That was oh, the yeah, yeah, closing part. Peter. Clo- yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, the closing part of the episode is you've got Benjamin saying, Oh, I care about your book, Edward. And then we pull back to, to pre- and it's a present day in a museum in Prague, and there are writings in a case. And the tour guide is talking about how Edward Kelly was in prison there. And these are some of his writings, and they're mostly unintelligible. And he talks about a screaming book. And as they pull back from the case, you see Peter's reflection in the glass of the case. And talk about avarice. Yes. Yes. Ooh. Just frightening. All right. So I thought that was actually part of the previews. No, but no, no. That was yeah. guess how we that there. episode closed. And then the we get the previews and the closing song from this one is a cover by Kai Kai of a Forest by The Cure. It's an old Cure song. And it's super, I mean, it's like spooky fairy tale ominous. I love it. This cover. I'm probably going out on a limb as far as why they may have picked it. But the lyrics remind me of a Bosch painting. Mm. Oh. Because they talk about find the girl while you can see in the dark listen to her scream oh yeah i mean the lyrics are really kind of twisted a lot of people keep saying it's about true love slipping through your hands but he just robert smith has always said it it was about a dream he had about a little girl in the forest i'm gonna put a picture of a triptych by hieronymus bosch in the show notes so if you guys are interested to see what one actually looks like and how bosch's paintings are trippy Trippy. Very, tri- very trippy. <laughs> Super trippy. I mean, y- you look at that and you're like, wow, this dude All was right, who was dro- where, where were you getting that acid you were dropping, dude? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I want some. <laughs> 
All right. I think we should uh, let our listeners know that we're about to enter the spoiler zone. So those of you who don't want the book to be spoiled for you and you haven't read it yet, then we're going to say goodbye to you. Goodbye. 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 Demon kiss for you all. And if you don't mind, then you can follow us. And for the rest of you, you can follow us beyond this break because then we'll be entering the spoiler zone. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep it alive. Okay. Who wants to start? Because I feel like this is going to be the bigger part of this episode. Yeah, I do. Oh, too. I mean, there's a lot that changed in a way, and then some things that didn't, or I should say, other things were brought forward that weren't quite as emphasized in the book, especially like the anti, just how grossly anti-Semitic it all was, because we got that respite in the book right. where we went into Jewish town and we went met Hermisel and saw even saw the community. even the meeting with Rabbi Lowe was different yeah the tone was different the we got feel to see, was there was different. no reverence at all no yeah. we got to see a whole vibrant side of jewish renaissance life in the books in the show it was just so so dismal and terrible and the idea that rabbi low was was a prisoner just really bothered rankles all of us i think yes mm-hmm. it, i mean in the book it, it a matthew kind of refers to the horrors to come for the Jews, but you already feel it right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a two by four to the face. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think, and you touched on it when you said reverence, is like in the meeting with the three of them, there was that bond between Matthew and the Maharal and the reverence of student and teacher. And it was kind of that beautiful juxtaposition that Matthew has the same sort of relationship with a non-family member teacher that Diana has with Goody Allsup, and we didn't get that here either. Right, right. And also the speech on tolerance, which this TV show is a great example of what Rabbi Lowe in the book was talking about. It's like, they'll tolerate you until they don't. You know, it's like, ooh, I guess where's the part where they don't tolerate him because what Rudolph said about Jews in this show... it was in your face. It was in your face, and it was like, God. So no Jewish town, just a mere mention of the God 
Gollum. Yes. So which, no, you know, no, Rabbi uh, Lowe Weaver wrote off as a rumor. So I'm disappointed in this episode, but I'm glad it's just the one episode. Yes. I Do don't you know? think I could yeah. have taken two, yeah. two episodes in Prague. Yes. Yeah. Diana, you, I mean, uh, I called you Diana. <laughs> Angela. <laughs> Angela, you had something to say about Galaglass's greeting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you, what did you notice or did you notice anything like foreshadowing on, on how his feelings are for Diana? Did he have that? Oh, you made it. And then he, because Deb has said to us, I think it was to you two specifically at yes. the con, yes. that, that, that he calls Diana auntie to keep himself in check. He keeps to keep his romantic feelings in check. Oh, no. There, he he was. Yeah, I mean, are, we're going down that triangle path and I am just not here for it. I know it's coming. I know right. it's coming. I mean, just oh, no. look on his face. It's like, oh, you made it. Yeah. Oh. So was he yeah, pissed? Was, was like he, he surprised? Smelled, like he smelled something bad. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, OK, here's where I draw the line right here. I'm drawing it, you know, yeah. literally, figuratively. I'm calling you auntie now. Also, the ominous music they played in the background when he realized they were mated told me that that's yeah, where they're going like, with this. It was the anvil. It was a musical anvil. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, so we're doing this, okay?" Oh, damn! We're, we've only got supposedly only got seven episodes next season. We're gonna mess around with this bullshit. We're gonna mess around with it, okay? Hopefully, they treat it like they did with this episode, just the one and done. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, please. Oh gosh, and and oh. listeners, it's not just Galaglass. It's like I absolutely loathe love triangles, loathe them because somebody always loses. Yeah, it's not my trope. Like they get you attached to all the characters yeah. and then then one of them loses her fucking mind. And then you're like, dude, you're not playing to the rules now. Yeah. <laughs> God. And is it necessary? It's I, I don't know, I guess. Which is why I love Minash, because everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. I mean, from an emotional standpoint, seriously, though, everybody wins. People love love triangles because they choose sides. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about that. I mean, it's like, remember the whole Twilight? Everybody was Team Jacob or Team Edward. And I think everybody always thinks they're going to be on, you know, they pick sides and think because, well, of course, if it was me, I'd always be on the winning side. It's like, no, no. I don't loathe love triangles. I mean, but the, the two people who are fighting for the affection has to have a chance. Galaglass never had a chance. No. No. Which makes this he one even worse. All, all of what, five minutes and then they were off. Yeah. Yeah. And then he dropped him off in months say Michelle and did he like go home and cry in the car and say oh but she should be mine no you've known her for two seconds yeah I mean, I, it's very strange to me but I guess that's where they're going yeah I mean my last real fervent involvement in a love triangle was I was always team Jen in the Brad Angelina yes. and Jen thing Same here. I was always team, team Jen fuck you I mean <laughs> she's living her best life now but in the yeah. moment it's like man she lost yeah because always for the underdog always <laughs> So, yeah, except I, in this case where you guys can't stand Kellogg glass. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I mean, he deserved to be an underdog. He didn't know. I mean, but if, and here's the whole thing. I mean, we we all go we all went through reading Shadow of Night and on that long lull before the next book and it was like he was 
the he was like the fun cousin. Yeah, I love yes. I love the idea of Galaglass being the fun cousin and going out there and raising hell and a girl in every port and just being happy go lucky and and just just that guy life. That guy is like that guy that you want your guy friend you want to be your wingman and go out and have a good time with and still always have that little thought that yeah maybe friends with benefits someday kind of guy. And then we find out he was moping for four hundred fucking years. Yeah. Yeah. Just why? I don't, yeah, I don't think it's necessary, but I do kind of have the Jessica Rabbit standpoint on him. Don't hate me. I'm just written that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I get it the way uh, Deb explained it to us. She pretty much had to stop because we were whining very loudly. (laughs) We were in the front row whining, which was great. We were in the front row whining loudly, but why? But why? Then she stopped and looked at us. (laughs) She's like, you too. Come on now. <laughs> but we got our she, answer finally. We we got our answer. We got our answer. It's like he needed to say something so he could. Just just recollect for the listeners because you had asked why he had to confess. He, he should just shut up and not say shut anything. Shut his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she said. She said, okay, so uh, Love Actually, the movie Love Actually, there was one character that was just pining for his best friend's wife that they had just been married. And you follow him this whole time and he's in love with the wife. The wife doesn't know. So he treats the wife like shit the whole time until she figures it out. Mm -hmm. And then she wants to confront it. And he's like, yeah, no, leave me alone. Leave me alone. But he he decided he needed to confront it so he can go on with his life, go on with his best bud and tell her how he feels and put it to rest and say, OK, I'm done now. I can put it to rest and move on with my life the way I need to. And that was, I guess, inspiration mm-hmm. for Gallo mm-hmm. Glass's confession. <laughs> she basically said it was for her, his emotional satisfaction, not yours. Yeah, I was kind of... Damn I, it! And as I say it right now, you think about it, it was like, well, in a way, it was like the fuck the shit I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing romantic about that scene when you really think about it. It's like, fuck the shit, I'm done. Mm. I just needed... But the weird... Yeah. Here's, but here, even so, even now, the weird thing about that whole whole deal is like, and Deb has come on since then, and, and, and to that he had already found his mate in the interim time. Yes. So okay. he's moping some 350 of the 400 years or whatever. Right. And Diana has, you know, she lives her whole life not having any clue about his feelings. And it's not her business. Really. And it's not her business. And it's kind of like, and the other weird thing is it's, wait, dude, if you're made of, why did you put that tattoo on you again? I mean, right. there's like, yeah. there are, are still things that need to be resolved here, which frustrate the hell out of me. <laughs> okay, wait. Stop the bus. Mm-hmm. Please explain to me where Deb said that he had gotten another mate again. That was, at, another, another uh, that was at one of her Q&As. Was it Philly or... It was either at, in Philly or Cardiff, cause, or it may have even been part of the conversation we had with him because she goes, she also said he had to get it off his chest because he's already found someone. Right. Well, I think even on Twitter, People say, I just want him to find someone and be happy. And she's basically like, how do you know he hasn't? Oh, okay. So... So it, it, for me, that that's like then that scene with the tattoo gets even more problematic because if that is in fact the case and he has already found someone, was he? Isn't his mate going? Why the fuck is this other chick on your chest? Listen, I want a phone number for this other chick. <laughs> you want Let to invite her on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Call me. Let me tell you about your boy. 
<laughs> that tattoo he got, he was lying for the reason he got it. And let me tell you why he got it. I'd be that snitch. I'd be that bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> so much this. You guys want to talk about this blood vow? Oh, Let's hash sure. this out yeah. again. Okay. Okay. Benjamin knows she's a de Claremont because of the loud ass blood vow. Deafening, right? Right. Benjamin is not a Philippe's line, so it shouldn't be that loud. No. And I think we also clarified the reason why Hubbard didn't hear it as loudly. He heard a hum. He felt a hum. But it's because he's he's not of the bloodline, right? And that's even so, clarified somewhere in the book. Yes. So, so why? I think maybe that was just license, license, artistic uh, license, yeah, ad- adaptation license to move the plot along. Are they going to address that blood vow, or are they just going to leave because, it hanging on the well, show? Well, I was going to say it was easier for them to use the blood vow instead of the scent because it's more one. It's more artful. Oh yeah, I smell, I smell Matthew on you. Isn't going to work. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't sound very elegant. I mean, and it's going to come up in a matter of weeks on the TV timeline that that the whole de Claremont family is going to, not the whole, but at least Varen is going to hear the blood vow. Somebody's going to hear it. So, ha. I felt it was a little bit clunky. It's less clunky. I think it's less clunky than the alternative. Yeah, that's true. And if you're not a book reader, you're not going to know the difference. So Right. Yeah. So why even bring it up then? They're dropping breadcrumbs for upcoming episodes, maybe. Okay. Okay. I'll stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> but wait, there's uh, more later. Yeah. I mean, they're they're obviously tethering Benjamin to the Declarements. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm beneath uh, the notice. I love that. So this episode wasn't bad. Not my favorite. No. The other big change from the book was the fact that we didn't actually go to Prague, which I think is mostly just budget. Yeah. I mean, but why, why couldn't they say it was Prague? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't <laughs> Because Prague is Prague. easily recognizable, especially by a European audience, because everybody used to go there on weekend jaunts. I would oh, think. yeah. It'd be kind of it's kind of like you, you can't really have a stand in for Old Town Prague the way you can't have a yeah. stand-in for Oxford. Yeah. Now I said, why do you, why did Jack have to be written? And I wanted, I like, I love Jack in the book going to Prague. You know, the drawings on the wall and his moments with Matthew. And yeah. He he was willing to risk a beating to see a unicorn and the pretzel buying. I loved all that. But I, why did he have to be written in to go to Prague or to Bohemia in the show? Because he didn't he doesn't do anything. No. Yeah. Neither did really Francois didn't either. It's like no. why couldn't he, Francois and he stay back? So I mean, really the reason in the book, Jack was the one to get the keys to the throne yeah. room. Yes. He he pickpocketed them because that's what he's good at. Right. Yeah, so. and he was also the eyes for the reader where we saw, the, you know, like Matthew's drawings on the, the, the mm-hmm. graffiti on the stairs and right. talk about how he designed the cathedral. And, and this is where we observe Matthew being truly a father to him. Yes. Yeah. In Prague. So... Uh, it's weird that he just had him show up at that one part at the beginning and then there was no other mention of Jack. <laughs> yeah, there was nothing else. On the rest of the episode, but it was very strange. <laughs> and Fra- and Francois got in trouble for it. I yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe it was to display Matthew's anger early on. Maybe. Maybe to warn us. Well, I mean... Jack did say, hey, you got an invitation to go to the hunt. Okay, bye. We didn't even get the commentary with the automat- automatron, automatron yeah. and, the, and the nipple yeah. showing her being all nipply <laughs> <laughs> and cold. And Gal Glass being funny. And it's cold in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. that is what was missing from this episode. Like, I, I think you hit the nail on the head because yeah, there was a lot of cute, funny parts and there was a lot of joy through that sequence in the books and absolutely none. When we were dealing show. with Rudolph, it was an absolute pain in the, the butt and it was a slog to get through those chapters. Yeah. But the parts where they spent at home, yes. her going to the market, yeah. her, her really learning her way around Prague. dealing with other women and Prague and her being a mother to those kids. And, and Matthew yeah. getting to be a student again. And, yeah. And just the vibrant Jewish life in Old Town. Yeah. Meeting and Abraham, another weaver. Yeah. Yeah. They settled in with the second family just about. Yeah. I, I mean, didn't, I didn't miss it in the show, but I loved it in the book. And it's unfortunate that you don't get that sense in the show is during the, the falconry where in the book, they show Matthew as being a predator, just like Sarka. And he's caged just like Sarka. Remember she had the hood yeah. on her eyes. Yeah. And, and I really felt badly for Matthew in those scenes. Yeah. yeah and in uh, the fact that the way it was filmed, that you didn't get that sense of intimacy between him and the bird. Either. Right. And that he's restrained just like her. Yeah. And the, and the whole having the smaller falcon kill the bigger falcon or, or maim the bigger falcon was just kind of weird. <laughs> it annoyed me. It took me out of the moment. In the book, Rudolph's bird was kind of injured because they went for the prey at the same time. Yeah, and Sarka and the little one got, got the it. Prey. And the other one kind of ran into her and got maimed and fell to the ground. But... I mean, here it just looked like Sarka just went after him and said, ha, fuck you, bird. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My bird's broke. <laughs> it was a little too on the nose. Yeah. yeah. But it moved the story along. But and, no pretzels. Uh, no pretzels, I know. Another, and... another change. A lot of snake animation. I mean, I should say a lot. This is only the second time it's happened, but it seemed like in the books they were always trying to disguise her glam instead of the animation. Yeah. Nope. There, well, I did like the decision they made to go with the, the hologram rather than just have the DNA oh, yeah. pop I out like of the that, book. I like that change. You're right. Yeah, I thought that was an yeah. excellent change. The special effects people who put that together did a beautiful job, I think. Although I, I like the change, I agree with you, but now that I think about it, you don't get the sense that they're connected to the book all through Three of those people, Matthew, Diana, no, yeah, and, no. and uh, Edward. And Edward. Yeah, that's true. Unless... I like how messy Edward was, though. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. But the, but the, porn, the porn stash was kind of distracting. <laughs> <laughs> but I always had a sense that Edward was more of a peer to D. They really jumped on the con man sleazebag portion of it, which you know, Deb may have helped them do that, considering she wrote up all about all the tawdry stuff that did go on in Prague. Right. Considering the actor's age, though, I didn't catch that he was a peer, it looked like he was maybe... Well, he did describe him as a scryer, mm -hmm. my yes. previous scryer, which was a younger man. But they were more peers in my head in the book. So that's... Yeah, the well, they were wife-swapping too in the book. <laughs> and I miss, yeah, Drunk Jane. I miss her. <laughs> Poor Drunk Jane. <laughs> and, yeah. Sick of everyone's shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I also miss Matthew almost throwing him out the window. Yes! Yes! The defenestration! So Why? Yes. Why do we not get the defenestration? <laughs> Instead, we just get him hauled off yelling yelling the uh, epigraph from the first book, which was kind of a well, cool way to finally fit it in. I have to, mm -hmm. I do have to say I that. So. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Fine. I'm it's all fine. Good. Chapter seven's done and dusted and we get to move on to chapter eight, which is more modern day. Yay. Yay. So this episode seven is not like season one, episode seven. No. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Ah, uh, 
so yeah, episode eight, that's upcoming. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, we're not going to jump way ahead. We're just nope. going to talk about the things they showed us. Um, ah, yeah. So more modern day. We'll probably see maybe Sarah again, maybe yeah. Isabel, maybe Marcus. And a little bit more in a thing. I'm so happy that we were able to get Daniel Ezra back across the pond and into these episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since he was so tied up with All American. I just really like, he's a very appealing actor. Have you watched All American? Yeah, we watched all the way through. Alan loves it. And I kind of oh. like how it's kind of like Beverly Hills 90210, but both sides of the tracks. I kind of love it. I've never watched All American, but I remember when they first came out with the previews and they said uh-huh. All American and they showed his face. And I looked at Robert. I was like, huh, funny. He's all British. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't, didn't um, Robert end up watching the show? I think he started watching the show and got distracted with something else. Yeah, we, actually, we you would like it that, if you'd like uh, 90210 back in the day. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but it's not as quite as cheesy and clunky. It's yeah. really kind of well done. And all of the people they've got cast as the kids are great. Well, TV is like the new movie now. So they, they really, I have to say how and much Tay's they've improved it. TV. Tay Diggs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tay Diggs is in mm-hmm. it too. So there's that. Hashtag he follows us. Anyway. <laughs> Hashtag he follows us. <laughs> this is a minor little name drop. <laughs> it's a fucking hashtag. <laughs> One of my favorite Javier lines. That's even better than answer your fucking email. Uh, (laughs) It's a fucking hashtag. So anything else for the spoiler zone before we say goodbye to these good people for another week? I think so. I don't think so. I think we've made a meal of it. Unspooled the spoilers. Yep, we did make a meal of it. All right, guys, I want to remind you, if you have something to say to this episode or any of the episodes, make sure you fill out the form. It's going to be in your episode notes or the show notes or you can speak pipe us or you can call us all the numbers are in the episode notes in the show notes i'm not even going to try to remember them but they're there they're there for you you may disagree with us please tell us that you disagree with us tell us how you differ and we will consider your thoughts i mean we're uh, just talking off the top of our head half the time Right. I mean, you might convince us differently. Show me another side of it. I'd love to. I mean, me and Jean just had a convo where it's like, oh, you fixed that for me. And I'm like, no, I really didn't. I had to use empathy to get there because I was pretty pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I had to put myself in his shoes and Uh, see what I would do. And we'll talk talk about that next week. We will definitely talk about that next week. So until next week, guys. Demon kiss. All right. Stay cool, guys. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes. <laughs>